Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Kareen, and we are two OncDocs. In this week's episode, we will be focusing on alpha thalassemia, and we will go over all the important details on the etiology, symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment of alpha thalassemia. This is piggybacking off the beta thalassemia lecture, which we did a few weeks ago, and definitely high yield for your heme ITEs, your boards, and your consult service. So to start us off, what is the etiology of alpha thalassemia? So there are four alpha globin chains. There are two genes inherited from each parent. And in alpha thalassemia, you have a defective alpha globin chain production, leading to hypochromic microcytic cells. The defect in 90% of patients is deletional, and in 10% of patients is non-deletional. And the non-deletional subtype is also known as constant spring anemia. And this is compared to beta thalassemia, as Sam mentioned, we covered in a previous episode where there is a defective beta globin gene. Yeah, so they're named after the defected um, gene. So alpha has an alpha defect and beta has a beta globin defect. And so what is the pathophysiology in alpha thalassemia? So in a fetus, we normally have predominantly HBF, which is made of two alpha, two gamma, And we have less alpha produced in alpha thalassemia because of the defective alpha globin chain. So we end up with less HBF. And because of less less alpha, we have excess gamma. And gamma-4 tetramers, so when the four gammas get together, they're called HB-BARTs, which have less oxygen affinity causing hypoxia. And then in adults, normally we would predominantly have HBA, which is made of 2-alpha, 2-beta. And when you have excess beta because of not enough functioning alpha, there are tetramers of the four betas, which are called HBH, which are also unstable tetramers leading to hemolysis and ineffective erythropoiesis. I think that what you just said is so important to understand and be able to visualize when you go into your boards. So you guys might need to rewind and listen to that again. But in, again, in the fetus, HBF, which is 2-alpha and 2-gamma, when you don't have the alphas, all you have is the gammas. In adults, HBA, which is 2-alpha, two 2-beta, two if you don't have the alphas, you get more of the betas. Um, so I think that's extremely important to be able to visualize in your brains. And so what are the signs and symptoms of alpha thalassemia? So they can be similar to beta thalassemia with anemia, complications of extramedullary hematopoiesis iron overload with its endocrine abnormalities, as well as the possibility of heart failure and arrhythmias. You can also have hepatosplenomegaly, complications of hemolysis, thrombosis, and lug ulcers. And how do we diagnose alpha thalassemias? So the CBC may suggest mild to severe anemia with microcytosis. So always look for that low MCV under 80. And then the Hemoglobin electrophoresis actually can be normal in both alpha thalassemia silent carrier as well as alpha thalassemia trait, which I'll explain in a minute. And then in the more severe forms of alpha thalassemia, you have increased HBH, which I'll also go over in a minute. Great. And so what are the different kinds of alpha thalassemias? So as I mentioned, each individual individual carries four genes that code for alpha globin, and they're located on chromosome 16, with the normal genotype being written as two little a's dash two little a's. And so in the deletional form, 
The severity of the phenotype increases with each loss of the alpha globin, with the loss of one of the four alpha globins resulting in alpha thalassemia silent trait, also written as a little a with a plus. And then if you have loss of two alpha globins resulting in alpha thalassemia traits, it's written as a little a with a superscript zero. And then if you have a loss of three alpha globins, this results in HBH disease. And then if you have complete loss of all four alpha globins, you have major alpha thalassemia, also known as hydrops fetalis or HB Barts because you have all of those gamma tetramers. And then the non-deletional is when you have abnormal chains and it's known as constant spring, as I mentioned. And you'll see this written as a little a with a small superscript T. Yeah. And so can you remind us the normal hemoglobin electrophoresis? So the normal hemoglobin electrophoresis will be predominantly HbA, 95 to 98%. And then you'll have A2, 2 to 3%, and HbF, 1 to 2%. Perfect. And can you go over what alpha thalassemia silent carrier is? So in alpha thalassemia silent carrier, as I mentioned, you only have one alpha missing, and it's also called alpha thalassemia minima, and it's often detected incidentally. And it's clinically silent, except sometimes you'll see that microcytosis with a decreased MCV. You'll have a normal hemoglobin electrophoresis, and you can diagnose it via molecular studies, which identify the deletion. Perfect. And so up next, what about alpha thalassemia trait? So in trait, you have the deletion of two alpha genes, and you'll have mild anemia and microcytosis, usually with an MCV under 70. You'll again have a normal hemoglobin electrophoresis, and you'll have to diagnose it via molecular studies. And it can often be mistaken for iron deficiency. So if you have microcytic anemia and normal iron studies, think about alpha thalassemia trait. I think that's going to be the vignette that they give you. And I think that that's what they gave us on the boards um, because it is that tricky. You're thinking iron deficiency anemia with the low MCV. um, But if iron studies are normal, this is what you should consider. And lastly, how about hemoglobin H disease? So in HBH disease, you have deletion of three alpha genes. And because of the imbalance between alpha and beta, you have these excess HB BARTs in utero. And then you have excess HBH, the beta tetramers after birth. And the clinical presentation can be variable. They can either be transfusion dependent or non-transfusion dependent. And often they can have an ineffective erythropoiesis and extramedullary hematopoiesis leading to anemia and hepatosplenomegaly. You'll have increased iron loading due to the the hepcidin effect. So you can have the effects of iron overload in adulthood, even with minimal or no transfusion history. The anemia can be aggravated by infection or pregnancy. They're also at risk for a plastic crisis with parvovirus B19, and they can have issues related to chronic hemolysis. And so you mentioned alpha trait and silent carrier having normal hemoglobin electrophoresis. And so how how is hemoglobin H, which is very different, diagnosed? So in HBH, you'll have red cell inclusions because of those beta tetramers precipitating, and those are, those are seen on a crestal blue stain. And then on the hemoglobin electrophoresis, you'll have that HBH peak, which is a fast-moving peak with a range of 5 to 40%. And then you can use molecular studies to confirm whether it's a deletional or non-deletional form. And finally, what about alpha thalassemia major or hemoglobin BARTs? In this 
condition, you have deletion of all four alpha, so you won't be able to make HBF. You'll only make HB-BARTS, which has a high oxygen affinity. Both of the patient parents have to be alpha zero carriers for this to occur. And it's very common in Southeast Asia, China, Greece, Turkey, and Cyprus. So it's really important to have genetic testing and counseling for at-risk couples because it can lead to in utero death or death shortly after birth, as well as maternal complications. For known at-risk pregnancies, you can do chorionic villus sampling or amniocentesis, and there have been major advances with intrauterine transfusions, often starting at 18 weeks of age in utero than every two to three weeks. However, there is still a limited life expectancy for patients with this condition, including growth and neurodevelopmental delay, congenital anomalies, and there is sometimes even the consideration of a stem cell transplant. And these patients need iron chelation started at the age of one year. Great overview. Is there anything else that we need to know about non-deletional alpha thalassemias? So as I mentioned, HB constant spring is a prototype of several pathogenic variants, some relatively common, and it results from a single base substitution that converts the normal UAA translation termination codon in the alpha globin mRNA into a sense codon coding for an amino acid. And it's prim- primarily seen in Southeast Asian ancestry, and they have more significant anemia than in the deletional forms, often requiring transfusions. And one last tidbit, can you tell us a, one sentence about ATRX alpha thalassemia? So just know that it exists, it's very rare, but it's alpha thalassemia X-linked intellectual disability syndrome. That was an awesome overview. And so what are our key takeaways for alpha thalassemias? So in silent carriers, you have one alpha that is defective. They're often asymptomatic with a normal hemoglobin electrophoresis. In alpha thalassemia trait or alpha thalassemia minor, you have two alphas that are defective and you'll have mild microcytic anemia, often with an MCV under 70 and also a normal hemoglobin electrophoresis. In the deletional HBH, where you have three alphas deleted, you'll have mild to moderate anemia, and sometimes it can be transfusion dependent, and the hemoglobin electrophoresis will have increased HBH, which is that quick, fast peak. In the non-deletional HBH, you'll have more severe anemia, and you can know the difference by doing molecular testing. And then finally, if you have deletion of all four alphas, you have alpha thalassemia major or hemoglobin Bart's hydrops fatalis often can lead to death in utero or shortly after birth. And we can have some survivors with early identification and transfusions in utero starting at 18 weeks. I think this is such a high yield episode before going into your hematology boards because these are very testable and there are lots of hemoglobin electrophoresis questions on the boards. And so as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Good luck with studying for your boards and please feel free to reach out to us with any comments or corrections on our Instagram or our Twitter to OncDocs.